Welcome to the Hottest Party on TV podcast. I'm your host, music writer and pop culture enthusiast, Jerome Graham. We're back with another OG Club MTV dancer, this time Rochelle Seskin. Rochelle got on the show the very outset, being cast for the show's pilot in the summer of 87 and sticking around through most of 89. A dancer, theater kid, and now someone who helps the next generation of performers get ready for the spotlight, Rochelle describes herself back then as being quirky and a bit of a hippie. So we unpack the audition process, her relationship with Dantan Julie Brown, being featured in Tiger Beat, and how being on the show kicked off an enduring longtime friendship with her bestie, and fellow Club MTV dancer, Billy Angel. This was a really fun chat, and I've got a feeling that Rochelle will be back on the podcast again at some point in the future. All right, so let's get into my chat with Club MTV dancer, Rochelle Seskin. You know what a dance show is. Now see what we do with it. Club MTV. Dance, video, and special guests. Premiering Monday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. Take a step in a new direction. Club MTV. The MTV New Fall Season. Hello. Hey, Rochelle. Hello, Jerome. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Looking forward to hearing about your Club MTV experience. Yeah, it's so funny of you to have a, that whole page and whatnot. It's hysterical. It's actually been um, really cool because my mother obviously recorded, taped all of the episodes on VHS tapes back in the 80s. And my father is a, was a band leader, like bar mitzvahs, weddings, that whole thing. And he taped over all of them for his business. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so I haven't really, hadn't been able to see any of those episodes until you showed up on Facebook with that page. And it provided so much, um, I have to say, kind of um, joy, you know, uh, to, to look at all those episodes. And and uh, Ronnie said that he's helping you um, digitize them all. So um, very, uh, very cool to see them all. Oh, that's but awesome. I, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. What years did you dance on Club MTV? So I auditioned for the pilot in 1987. Um, and I don't remember, I was trying to think about how I heard about the audition. I can't, I don't remember, it might've been in backstage, you know, the, tra- you know what backstage is? Uh, yeah, like the trade the, magazine correct. paper. Mm-hmm. So it's, dig- it's digital now. I think it's still paper, but, um, it might've been in that. Um, so I went into the city. I'll never forget what I was wearing. I was wearing this orange outfit of like these Bermuda shorts and like a button-down orange short sleeve shirt with a collar and I think a black shirt and like black sleeve boots and like a hat of some sort. 
and it was like the original reality show. So I had a number on my chest. Now, I don't remember much. I'm like getting older and my memory for things is fading, but certain things I'll never forget. And I had a number on my shirt and um, there were thousands of kids lined up outside in New York City. Uh, and we auditioned. I don't remember. I don't think it was 890 Broadway, but we auditioned in a building and it might have been the MTV, MTV building at the time. And I went into a little room and they put on a song and I just did a little dance and that was it. And then the next thing I knew, I got a call back and the call, they called back about 80 to 90 kids out of thousands. And the callback was at the Palladium and that was thrilling. I was 17 going on 18 years old. So exciting. And Rob Fox was the casting director, and I remember him being there. And uh, I'm sorry, they called back 125 of us. I lied. 125 <laughs> of us all went to the Palladium, and we danced our little pieces off. And um, then we left and whatever, went our, went our way. So we didn't hear for a while, and then I remember one day I was out all day driving, and my I got home. My parents didn't know. We didn't have... Um, cell phones at the time, we didn't have any Life 360, no way to track anybody. So if, if you were out, you were out. Nobody knew where you were. So I got home that night. I'd been out all day. And there was um, a note from my brother on the kitchen counter that said, where have you been all day? We've been looking for you. And then, or maybe he said it over the phone. I don't remember. Club, M- uh, Club MTV called, you're in. Oh, wow. I wish I had that note still, or maybe it was on the phone. I can't remember. But I remember, like, freaking out. Um, I was a senior in high school. I was about to go to school for theater. And I couldn't believe it. It was, like, the first semi-professional thing that I uh, was going to do. So it was really, really, really exciting. Yeah, that was that. Wow, okay. Yeah, I hired E.E. Okay. Were you nervous heading into your first taping? I don't remember being nervous. I just remember being really, really, really excited. The Palladium, I happen to have gone, I live on Long Island, I lived on Long Island at the time, and I happen to have gone to the Palladium after my prom um, with my friends in my limousine. We went, <clears throat> my friend Stephen, his aunt worked at Palladium. So we went to the Palladium after our prom. I was a city girl, even though I lived on Long Island. I was always into theater. And <clears throat> and uh, I was thrilled to be going to the Palladium, first of all, um, for two days. Um, and uh, I just was really excited. We had to um, pack a suitcase for two days of shooting. We would take 15 or 16 shows in two days, um, back-to-back shows. And we would all, and I was thinking about it um, the other day, they would put us in this area that had, I guess, those um, divider, those divider um, screens. And we would all open our suitcases. There'd be clothing everywhere. People's shit would be, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm cursing. Anyway, it would be everywhere. <laughs> Stuff would be all over the place. People would be sharing clothes, swapping this, swapping that. And, and you would find your little corner. And you would make it your home for the next two days. And um, you'd run back and change. And it was like a whirlwind of two days. I don't remember being nervous. I just remember really wanting to, 
be on camera. I was not a shrinking violet. So even though I wasn't one of the girls that would wear those really short skirts and I wouldn't wear a lot of that sexy stuff, um, I was quirky. Um, I just wanted to be on camera. I, I danced. I was a dancer, I'm a major actor, singer, dancer. So I kind of tried to, you know, find my way to the front and near Julie and get on camera. But, okay. but no, I don't remember being nervous. Just excited. Very, very exciting. Oh, good. So it was like the perfect gig for you then. Yeah, it was just, I knew nothing. I was so unbelievably green and naive and I had zero, ex- like, Experience. I was quite sheltered growing up. Even I grew up on the bandstand with my dad, so I would be on the bandstand with my father and uh, working with him at these weddings and bar mitzvahs. And like I was the original when I was like fifteen, the, the bar mitzvah girl would give you know Uncle Saul the light rope and the and the hats and the ladies. <laughs> and I was that original uh, girl. And I think the songs also, but um, I really kind of ran that part of his business at a young at a young age. Oh, nice. um, so I was kind of used to that a little bit, and uh, it was a, it was really a great, yeah, it was a very good, perfect kind of segue into what was to become the rest of my life. Okay, and what was Julie like? Julie was Julie was great. She was like really consistent and really fun and. Um, you know, when you are um, a personality, you have to find that boundary. It's so challenging to to find that boundary between uh, becoming friends with the people you're working with and keeping people at a distance and not being rude and, and, and finding a consistency. And she was really good at that. Um, I remember I, I had done the show for like two and a half years from, in, from its inception and I remember, I think, in that first year, she had a birthday party, and I'd gone, I'd been invited to that birthday party, and so I was, like, in that crowd in that, like, first year, but I was always a little different, um, so, um, and like I said, I wasn't one of the ones that was uh, dressed in, in the tight clothes, but um, even though I was confident, I wasn't that kind of confident, so... Um, she was really great. She was really great. I don't think she was ever um, anything but but great. She was lovely. She was really lovely. And, um, you know, and she's, it's, it's the business. You know, you're, you're, you're working. And when you're young like that and you're on a show like that, you don't know that even though it looks like so much fun, and it is a lot of fun, you don't realize how much of a job it is. You know, it's a, it's a job. When you get older and you understand it's a job, but at that point, you're just thinking she's the luckiest woman in the world to do what she's doing and, and um, you're lucky to be standing near her and with her and uh, it makes you feel good about yourself. And I think she's been a really good example for all of us as far as, uh, you know, behavior when you're a um, celebrated personality of some sort. That makes sense. Well, Rochelle, and that video, the, the people seem to spend a lot of time on the telephone. I bet you do that a lot, right? Yeah, quite a lot. Well, who's the... What's the longest time you've ever been on the telephone for, and who was it to? Well, I usually have a lot to say, and the longest I can remember talking on the telephone would have to be close to three hours with my best friend, Elisa. Oh, gosh, you must be your best friend. Well, listen... 
be my best friend right now and get us into the next clip, Rochelle. Okay, here's Don't You Want Me from Jody Watley. Oh. Do you have any favorite artists that you got to see while you were on the show? Um, I, my memory, my memory of certain shows uh, is a little bit faint, but I do remember when DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince were there and Will Smith was there. And I've seen this show on YouTube somewhere, but I, I haven't, I don't know if I've seen it on uh, your page or not. They were, I was on the platform to their left, and Will Smith was singing, I guess, Parents Just Don't Understand, or something like that, and I remember being up there dancing, and that song is always just a classic, hilarious, brilliant, clean rap, you know, perfect rap song, and I remember him singing to me when I was up on that platform, and uh, of course, that left a big impression on me. Um, I love the Ramones being on there, you know, the Ramones were amazing. Um, I remember an episode, not with an artist, but with um, E.G. Smith, the stock guy. Oh, he came wow. once and, Yeah. I don't know if you have that one, but he came once and gave everybody socks and big fluffy socks that are very retro now, obviously. But um, there were a lot of uh, amazing... I think Blondie was on the show once, I recall. Yeah. If I knew then what I know now, I would have paid more attention, you know? I would have paid more attention back then, but um, it was pretty thrilling to be 17, 18 and be there with all those working artists, you know, musicians, all trying to make it, some making it and some not. Oh, I'm I sure. <laughs> episode list. I actually wish I had an episode list of those first two years, because just knowing who was on the show might jog my memory a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I might try and put something like that together because with Ronnie helping digitize, like, I can kind of see everyone like in order, mostly in order who was on the show. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting to have like a, um, an archive of some sort that says, you know, episode, even one on episode one and like just to say who was on them. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting. I'm a researcher. I'm like a, a web scour. I scour the web for information. I do a lot of research for theater pieces and whatnot. So that would be very interesting to me. Okay. All right. That, yeah. That's given me a good idea. So I will keep you posted on that. Thank you. Yeah, right. thanks. Um, did you have favorite people to uh, to dance with on the show? Or yes. Well, um, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, who is still one of my best friends in the whole wide world, is Billy Angel. Uh, well, I hate to blow my own trumpet here, but I think I got some of the best dancers in New York City on this very dance show. And sometimes we highlight someone who's absolutely great. And Billy Angel here never has enough room to do what you want to do, do you? No, sometimes they'll move, but, but they're you're, pretty good about it. Yeah, you're very polite about it. Well, I tell you what, now we're going to give you your own face on Club MTV to show us what you can do. So why don't you go to the middle of the dance floor over here. Follow me, baby doll. And Billy's going to show us exactly what he gets down to and how he gets down to it. So take it away, guys. He was my main dance partner on the show. We were really, really close. And um, then uh, when I left the show and 
he went out and did whatever he did. We didn't have, like I said, Facebook, cell phones. You really couldn't stay in touch if you didn't have somebody's landline phone number because nobody had email addresses then. You didn't have it. So years would go by. He went on tour with Gloria Estefan. I did a European tour. Um, I think I think I did a I, when I did a Broadway national tour. And I was living in the city. I hadn't seen him in a really long time. And I went to a class at Broadway Dance Center, and he was uh, working the front desk. And we were like, "Oh my God, great to see each other!" Blah blah blah. We exchanged phone numbers, and back then you exchanged it on a little piece of paper that you probably lost. And then I think I was living in a studio apartment in Hell's Kitchen by myself. And he, um, he, uh, I don't know where he was living. He called me. I had gotten home. I'd been out with friends. I probably was hippie, whatever. He called me that night, drunk, crying, screaming. I was drunk. I was like, just come over right now. He came over that night and stayed for a year. So um, he lived in... My partner with me, and it's a little studio apartment in Hell's Kitchen. It was a fabulous year. And um, we were extremely good friends. He was then eventually in my wedding party, and um, he is, is just so unbelievably near and dear to me. I had COVID really badly in early 2020, and, and he um, wound up being my touchstone um, during that whole thing. So he's one of my closest friends in the whole world. And Lonnie and I went to college together. I love Lonnie so much. Lonnie and I went to school together. Um, such an incredible soul and heart that that man has. And I also went to college with Jackie Siebert, who I haven't seen in a million years. But I loved her. She was always a great girl. And, and, and RJ and Camille. And, um, you know, there were so many. God, that, that first group of people, that was Ronnie was there, Stuart Mildner I was, I was close with. Um, but that the group of people that that original core group of people. I knew Sandy. Um, I knew everybody. Wow. All of them. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I end up saying this during every interview, but the coolest part about doing all of this is seeing how close everyone still is. Well, you know what's funny is that I'm not, listen, I'm not close. The only person I'm really close with is Billy. Um, I, and, and Lonnie and I were very good friends in college. So when we ever connect on Facebook, it's always like a love fest, and Ronnie is such a good guy, um, but I, I haven't been to any of the reunions, I, I don't, you know, really, I'm not really very involved, I, I'm um, the artistic director of a theater company, and I have two kids, um, one who's just got into a musical theater program for college, and the other who's already in college for tech theater, and uh, got a lot that I've been taking care of, and have all the, a lot of time to... Um, do much to stay in touch and everybody's so so busy but I, I love everyone and uh you know I, I love watching and seeing what everybody's doing um you know that's been the beauty of Facebook and then you know as an extension the beauty of the the page that you created um you know and and if they were around and they were here I'd love to see everyone uh just life is so crazy um for everyone that uh you know but I do see Billy, and, uh, and Ronnie's always been the sweetest, sweetest guy. He's a doll. Oh, he's um, the best, yeah. <laughs> doll. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's like it's, it's nice that everybody can look back, whether you remain close or not. It's nice that everybody can look back and have this, like, really fond memory and this positive memory, this good experience that I don't think anybody talks about, you know, 
drama. Usually things like this, you, there'd be some drama or fights or things like that, but I don't think any of that really existed. So I, I never thought about that. But um, for some reason, I didn't uh, I remember. There was always a little, you know, I'm sure there was always some jealousies of, you know, Camille, beautiful, lovely Camille with always the camera time, which is fine, of course, she deserved it. Um, you know, and everybody's always fighting for the for the spotlight a little bit, but um, there was never anything. Uh, I could honestly say I never felt anything negative. I mean, I did the show for two and a half years, so if I wasn't a good experience, I would have failed immediately because I, I wasn't the kind of person to um, stick around and uh, get you know walked on. So, but it was great. It was a, it was a good experience. The coolest thing for me was, and I'm sure almost everybody can relate, is that I went off to college. Um, first year of college, and in, in most universities, in their UC, the university center, they, they have this giant screen, and and Club MTV would be playing on the huge screen, and their, their ID, dancing in the UC, with all, as a, you know, I'm a freshman, and all these people are in there, and they look up, and some of them do look at me, and their ID, and that was really super cool, because there's always those, and there's always those kids in high school that, you know, for whatever reason, aren't nice to you, and suddenly you're on TV and they get nicer to you. And um, so I got to say, that's a good feeling. That's a really, really good feeling. You know, I'd get random calls from people who would say, I saw you on Club MTV, or I'd actually be doing some of those bar mitzvahs with my dad. Um, and some of the kids would come up to me and say, oh my God, are you on Club MTV? So things like that were really, really cool. I, that, was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was definitely a lot of fun. Wow. So, yeah, it provided me with a, a boost of confidence that I probably needed at the time because I was young and, like I said, young and naive. Definitely a good thing. It was a schlep, though. I would schlep two giant suitcases onto the train and then probably onto the subway to get to the Palladium. Um, and it would be it was nuts and insane. But <laughs> we, were young, and we were young and we were crazy. And at that time, you know we do anything to, to fulfill our dreams. So. For sure, for sure. Um, you've mentioned bar mitzvahs a couple of times. Um, did you ever, like, cross paths with the dancers when they kind of got in on the bar mitzvah circuit? Are you talking about Club MTV dancers? Yeah, that's come up in a few interviews that, I guess, as the show kind of progressed, a bunch of them kind of hit the circuit and would just get booked for bar mitzvahs. Did they book them as club MTV dancers to come to their bar, people's bar mitzvahs? Yeah, yeah, like uh, Lonnie and Janelle and Raul, yeah. So Lonnie did bar mitzvahs when I, so when I was doing them in college, um, even in, in high school, and I was doing high school and college, I think I might have hired either hired Ronnie a couple of times to come and do it, or we were hired together, but not through Club MTV. And then when I stopped doing the show, that, that I think happened. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened after I left. We did, um, I did the episode, the MTV at My House contest that Belinda Carlisle was at in, uh, I think that was in Adams, Massachusetts or something. Oh, yeah. I don't that, but um, when I left, 87, 88, 89. I left, I think, somewhere at the end of 89. And that's all that other stuff. There was like a club MTV tour, and there was, I guess, this bar mitzvah thing. Um, 
I wasn't a part of that. I think I had already left when okay. they started to capitalize on that stuff. I did some sketch comedy, though, when I was doing Club MTV, because I was an actor. I was in school for theater. So um, I was, um, I got hired and booked uh, to do a bunch of sketch comedy uh, on MTV, on some of their other shows. Um, but aside from that, no, I did not um, cross paths. I don't, I wasn't, I don't know if I was doing it anymore. When, uh, right after I graduated college, I booked a job. So I left, let's see, graduated in 91. How long did Club MTV last? Did it end in 91? Uh, ended top of 92. So I graduated in 91 and then went on tour. I went on a European tour. And were they still doing stuff together, like club, like bonus for things after the show ended? Yeah, they were. Oh, okay. But that happened after. Yeah, I was not here. I had, I had fortunately gotten a job, which was insane. Um, you know, the next exciting thing. After getting Club MTV, my next job was like the next super exciting thing. It was crazy. Like I graduated high school, I got Club MTV. I graduated college, I got a European tour. So it was like the universe was had a plan for me. So oh, I wasn't even awesome. here when, so I wasn't even here when any of that was happening. So like I just went out and started becoming a I was just a, becoming a working actor. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, hmm. so you, you mentioned that you were on the show from the beginning till about, you know, the end of 89. How did you kind of see the show kind of change and evolve while you were there? So, um, I think, I think that they, I think that the direction that the directors started going in was more in this direction of um, the, the sex appeal direction. So when I started, um, you know, 17, 18 years old, we were young, and um, as it got closer to when I left, um, I think that the show had a more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It had a... a, a not that it was so wholesome when it began because it wasn't that wholesome, but it started off a bit more wholesome and then it got racier. So the skirts would get shorter, the, the tops would become bra tops. And, um, and so as it was getting towards the end of, I guess, 89, and that's not the way I'm more of like a hippie. As a matter of fact, I'll send you this picture. I have uh, Billy and I, you might even know this, there's an, um, there's an issue of Tiger Beat magazine. I think Julie's on the cover. And the whole inside is about Club MTV. And there's a picture of um, Amy Lynn and Monica and um, what's her face? Is married to Noah. Wiley, um, my brain is not working anymore. And Neil, I think, is a picture of her. But there's a big picture of me and Billy and we're in tie-dye. You know, all the girls all the pictures are girls in, in really hot clothes and they look amazing. But Billy and I are in these tie-dye shirts. And I look um, this little Long Island. My hair is like a ponytail up on the side of my head. And uh, it's, it's, it's such an awesome, you know, it's an amazing, again, an amazing thing for me to see. And that was the picture that was the big picture um, in, the, in the magazine 
And um, I think that as it got closer to when I left, it just wasn't as wholesome anymore. I had just gotten really, really busy, and I'd been doing it for so long, and I just was tired. And I think they called once, and I, I was like, I can't make it. And then they might have called one more time. I was like, I can't make it. And then, you know, once they realized that I couldn't make it, and then they stopped calling, which was fine, um, because I think I just I was done, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. You, you kind of put in, you know, a good run on the show, like almost three years. It's, yeah. you know, kind of... And I got out of it. I got a lot out of it. And I think at that time... And they paid us $50 for the two days. Pathetic. But they could get away with it. We all would have done it for free. Um, but at least it covered my train ticket. And um, after two and a half years, I think I had gotten everything I could get out of it. I had, And so, you know, not didn't need to do it anymore. Right. That makes sense. And then you went on and you conquered, you know, theater and acting. So I went, I got really, really, really lucky. I got really, really lucky all along the way. I mean, listen, people can look at their lives in a lot of different ways. You can look at what you've done and think I'm unlucky. I should have done more. Or you can look at your life and say, oh my God, I got so lucky. Look at what I got to do. Um, it's all how you look at it. And, um, I'm just that look things like how, how did I get here, you know? And I, I try to evolve and I try to be self-aware. And um, it's I'm a very very fortunate, you know. That I had a lot of bad times though, a lot of a lot of down times. I can had my fair share of panic attacks and nervous breakdowns and you know experiences. Um, but it all made me who I am in club MTV is a big contributor to who I became. And, um, as every experience is, we are some total of our experiences. Um, what we do with those experiences, you know, everybody's different. Um, and I can honestly say that club MTV without a doubt. And I hadn't really thought about it until you came along, Jerome, and that age was up and I'm able to kind of see what's going on. I really hadn't thought that much about it until that, and uh, it really made me think about how much it did contribute to my life as I live it today, like I, like I said earlier. It's a very cool thing. It's a very interesting thing. Oh, I'm nice. like an analyzer. An analyzer. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I have a couple more questions. Um MTV is kind of leaning into nostalgia with some of their programming for Paramount Plus, you know, all these real world reunion shows that they're doing. If they were to do a Club MTV reunion show, would you do it? I definitely would do it. Yeah, I would do. I would definitely do it. I I am not um not so big on performing and being like on camera, not my thing, but I would do it uh, just to see everybody and to reminisce about things. Yeah, I would definitely do it. You know, I teach um, acting and audition coaching. I have a lot of kids that I work with that are doing Broadway and television and whatnot. And I teach bravery. You know, you have to get up on stage and be be brave and and as brave as you can be because otherwise you're not going to get very far in this business. So I have to, you know, 
walk. So I, I definitely would do it. I would, I would probably love to do it. I really would. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So far, everyone said they would, they would do it. So hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a t- again, that's a testament to the fact that, you know, nobody left there with negative, bad feelings. You know, that, that's a very cool thing because it doesn't, you look at all these reality shows now and um, there's also all that drama. You know, even on the, 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 the vocal the voice shows and the dance shows, there's always drama going on. Um, I, I don't recall having any of that, you know, so that's a, it's kind of unique and very special. For sure, for sure. And then on that note, what do you feel like is the legacy of Club MTV? Um, I think that legacy has to really be about providing a platform for kids like me who um, have never had an experience like that before. And um, the reinvention of that dance show, because I think that we were uh, being described as like the new American bandstand. And um, I think it's a very iconic 80s show, very iconic, I think it'll also, although I think I've seen some things out there about how Southern TV just kind of left off of certain lists of iconic 80s things, which, you know, is interesting. Um, I think, I think Julie Brown is a part of that legacy, without a doubt, her, you know, her sign-off, her wubba, wubba, wubba. Is that the big part of her legacy? I think it's it's a it's a, a legacy of the times, like in the eighties. It's a big big piece of what the eighties looked like, what pop culture looked like, what the music looked like, what the clothing and the hair looked like. It uh, it's a really uh, if anybody needs to go, he wants to go and see what the eighties looked like. They really should just go to your page and watch those episodes and see live and in action what the 80s was, the way you danced, what we did with our hair, the way we interacted, the way we spoke, um, all of it. I think it is a love, the club MTV is like a love letter to the 80s for kids that grew up during that era. That's what I think it is. I think it's a love letter to the 80s. Nice. Okay. And my last question, this is the tough one. What was your favorite song to dance to on Club MTV? Oh, goodness. Um, there's a song, I think this is the title. Um, it's Be sure to check in for another edition of Club MTV Dance Time. Julie Brown signing off. Rubber, rubber, rubber. Goodbye. God bless. Part of the song that, that's like, whoop. And then we would all do this um, kind of, like, I'm doing it right now, and I know you can't see me, but <laughs> it's like, I just died hip hop thing with our shoulders and like we go one, two, three, four and then a little jump off the floor, a little like pop off the floor and the hands would go down and we would all kind of do that. And for me, that little move, <laughs> that little move probably made that song. That's the most memorable. It takes two to get out of sight. Like I don't even know who sings that song. But um or if that's the title, but it has this hip hoppy kind of pop music going on in the middle. And that was 
that's the song that I will always remember being the song I love to dance to most. And any time that would play anywhere, even to this day, I do that move. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. My kids are like, oh, my God, Mom, stop. But um, <laughs> I, I'm always, and then I'm like, I dance, I used to dance, I called MTV. Like, I say that when I start, because I'm in my early 50s, so when I start to dance, like I danced on Club MTV, it looks odd on somebody my age, even though I'm still freaking great. Um, so uh, I then have to throw out my disclaimer that I was on Club MTV, and everybody rolled their eyes and laughed at me and whatnot, but um, I bust a move with that particular move um, for that song. It takes me to go right, which I think is the title. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, Rob Bass. That's yeah, it takes two. <laughs> Who sings that song? I just feel like I don't want to look that up. Uh, it takes this I think that's yeah. Rob Bass. Rob Bass? Yeah, yeah. Do you know that off the top of your head, or did you just look it up? No, I knew that one. <laughs> you knew that one? Yeah. It takes two. What's the title? It takes two to make a thing go right? Is that the whole title, or just It Takes Two? Uh, It Takes Two. It takes two. Let me see. How did you know that, Rob Bass? Who, who are you? What are you doing with this, with all of this pop culture stuff, Jerome Brown? <laughs> Bass and DJ Easy Rock. That's the one, yeah. And many thanks again to Rochelle for coming on the podcast. She was a blast to talk to. If you want to see the photo of Rochelle and Billy that was featured in Tiger Beat, Be sure to follow the podcast on social media. Those links will all be in the show notes. While you're at it, be sure to check out Club MTV fan page on YouTube, where we're closing in on 17,000 subscribers. We're almost there. There's a ton of great clips and full episodes of the show up there for you to enjoy. Right now, we're in the midst of our deep dive into the 1988 episodes of the show. So it's just kind of fun to see the show find its footing and see how the music and style evolved from its inception the year prior. Next week on the podcast, you'll get to hear my chat with Club MTV dancer Kim Marie Lynch. Yet another OG. I promise I didn't plan it out that way. But Kim's got a ton of great stories, so it's going to be a fun one. Let's close this out with a bit of It Takes Two from Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock.